Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence for Shopify, Ask the Experts, our bi-weekly live show and podcast that features expert interviews and case studies to show you what to do and what's new in Shopify and e-commerce digital marketing for 2022 and beyond. Ask questions, suggest topics, and grow faster with actionable insights and proven strategies from the world's leading Shopify and e-commerce marketing experts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence for Shopify, Ask the Experts. I'm Marissa Morgan, today's show host. I'm also the business development manager at Engage. On behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, I'm excited to welcome you to today's show. Today's guest is a marketing manager for the world's largest retailer. He's also a former Shopify marketing executives, executive, excuse me. And I just found out um, during our conversation before the show, he's currently working on a project that is top secret for the federal government. Ooh, that's exciting, right? We've got like a, a digital marketing James Bond in the house. He's here to explain how to design, implement, and manage a winning PPC ad campaign for your Shopify store. And be sure to stick around because after today's talk with our special guest, I'll share with you our Engage News of the Week. This week, we're going to highlight some of the benefits of using Shopify versus other platforms for your e-commerce business, so you don't want to miss it. Okay, before we get started and I introduce you to our guest, of course, I want to mention that all of this incredible and insightful information today is brought to you by Engage. We are super excited, excited here at Engage because on March 1st, we're going to be rolling out our latest app which is SMS Marketing for Shopify. Now, if you've been following digital marketing trends, we know that SMS messages have about a 98% open rate versus email that has only about, about a 20% open rate. So when we talk about building up your Shopify store, e-commerce, building customer lists, loyal customers, saving time with automations and promoting new products, SMS marketing is the way to go. Engage is launching their SMS marketing for Shopify app March 1st in just a couple of weeks. And to kick it off, to kick off our rollout, we're giving opportunity for you to try the app completely free for a 30-day free trial and you get 500 messages to start using right away to start promoting a product or engaging with your customers to see how it works and take Engage SMS marketing for Shopify for a test drive. You got to check it out if you're a Shopify owner, for sure. You don't want to miss out on an incredible amount of business with very little effort, right? And you don't need technical staff to use our app. It's easy to use. Okay, you've got nothing to lose, but a huge amount of business. So make sure March 1st, you check out the Engage SMS marketing app for Shopify. All right, without further ado, it is time for me to introduce you to today's special guest. He is joining us from New Jersey, but he was raised in New York. So he's a New Englander at heart. His name is Noor Sabor. And if you've never met Noor, you need to meet him because he's a digital marketing enthusiast with 17 plus years of experience in that business, in that world. He has worked extensively with different marketing channels, including SEO, paid media, paid social, and email marketing. He's worked on projects for ma major, major companies. I'm sure you've heard of them, Meta, Shopify. How about Chase? How about Walmart? That's one of the biggest retailers in the world. And as I mentioned, he can't tell us too much about what he's doing now because he's doing a top secret project for the federal government. I mean, I'm interested. I want to hear about it, but I know NDAs, you can't disclose too much. And a fun fact about Noor is he holds a powerlifting record in New York City. So obviously he takes health and wellness to the next level. And if you can't tell by uh, the cat on his hat, he's he's the proud cat dad of four cats. Noor, welcome to today's show. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and being our guest expert on Shopify and digital marketing. Well, hey, Marissa. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nora. I'm excited to hear some of the experience and insights that you're going to share with us on how to really optimize the PPC ad campaign world. Um, tell us a little bit. I know you can't share too much about your current 
uh, project, but share a little bit with our audience how you got into the world of digital marketing and uh, and a little bit more about this uh, powerlifting record. Yeah, well, I am super excited. Thank you very much for having me here. Um, just a, kind of a super quick overview of my experience. I have been in digital marketing for a total of 17 years, um, but more professionally, 10 years. Um, as you mentioned, I did work for some, oh, I've been fortunate enough, I should say, to have worked for some major companies. Uh, I, learned, I learned a lot from some amazing people that I have worked with, and uh, I'm fortunate to be where I am today, student for life, of course. There's uh, never a shortage of knowledge out there, so that's always the goal. Um, so I am super excited to be here with the listeners and I uh, would love to kick it off with setting yourself up for success. I love that. Thank you so much again for being here and we're excited to hear what you have to share. If you're just joining us, this is a live interactive show. We're simulcast right now on Facebook, on YouTube, and also on LinkedIn. If you're watching, welcome to today's show. I'd love for you to drop us a comment in the comment section and let us know where you're joining us from. I'm broadcasting live from just west of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And as I mentioned, Nora is joining us from the East Coast in New Jersey. So let us know where you're joining us from today. And if you have any questions for Nora during today's show, feel free to leave those in the comment section as well. I'm going to go ahead and share with our audience, Noor, a great outline that we put together for our talk today that shows some of the things we're going to dive into. And if you're listening on a podcast replay of this episode, I'll read this through for you. Follow along if you're watching. Designing, implementing, and managing winning PPC ad campaigns for your Shopify store. Nora is going to share with us how to set your website up for success. And I know that's a broad bullet point, but we're going to dive into how to make it successful, how to drive sales, how to increase conversions, how to drive traffic. We'll talk about how SEO feeds into PPC and vice versa, the importance of SEO, how to simplify the paid media process to get better results than with a more complex Systems, symptoms? No, systems. Um, we'll talk about how to retarget customers the right way. And then kind of a bonus, is, we'll end the talk talking about the future of paid media, which I was diving a little bit into today, Noor, when I was uh, prepping for today's show. There's a lot of trends, talk about Facebook ads, Google, TikTok, all these things, LinkedIn. Um, and there's a lot of trends that are going to be happening starting now into the future. So we can kind of touch on that before we go today. But let's start broadly. How to, you know, set your website up for success? What would you like to share? What insights do you have as it pertains to PPC ad campaigns? Yeah, absolutely. So the way, you know, I like to approach paid media in general, or to actually take it a step back for one second, is to contextualize before you even dive into any marketing channel. The context is always super important. I'll give you an example in a second, but um, let's say we start launching a couple of paid media campaigns on different platforms like LinkedIn, Google Ads, Facebook Network, and all of that, or Meta Network, I should say. Um, if your website is not set up for success from the get-go, let's say there's a lot of technical issues in place, um, the speed of the website overall tends to be on the slower side, or maybe the landing page that you want to direct your targeted traffic to is not functioning properly or broken even worse, then there's going to be a huge problem. And not only that, you're going to be losing a lot of money while you're activating and you know spending money on your PPC campaigns, and you're probably not going to see much results ultimately. So I like to start with the fundamentals and make sure my website is set up for success. So what exactly does that entail? And I will share with everybody a super simple tip that will pretty much simplify everything. Perfect. That was a tongue twister. Yeah, super simple um, tip. I love it. We like to, I always say it's kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, that's just a quick saying I learned back in the day. But I think the, the more simple we start is great because some people are joining us today because they really need help getting started. So I think it's always great to start broad and to start simple for our audience. And then as we go, maybe you can even share some examples of things that have worked and maybe things that haven't worked. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason why I wanted to touch on this first is because actually, uh, I'm pretty sure somebody out there may be, may be listening say, well, this is on the basic side. And I absolutely agree, but it is fundamental. And you would be extremely surprised how many websites out there have some sort of 
underlying undiagnosed issues that do hinder performance overall, especially hmm. as I mentioned with paid media, you're investing your hard earned money into it. So there's going to be a problem over here. Um, so the way to approach any website for that matter is to think of it from a user experience perspective. Think about it or approach it from the perspective of if I were a potential lead or a potential customer, what is it that I would be looking for? Pay attention to those fine-tuned details and be as objective as you possibly can be. And I know there's uh, there sometimes we can all fall into the, you know the unintentional biases because it's our own uh, baby, so to speak. So you can always ask one of your colleagues or your family members or whomever to just go through the site and note out any anomalies. So pay attention to things like load speed, broken images, broken links, um, your checkout experience. And this actually, to your point about examples, is one of the largest issues uh, in terms of numbers or frequency that I have encountered over my career. You would be absolutely surprised. That's why when you deploy your website and you make it live, you should go through everything before you even think about hitting that publish button to QA everything, especially the checkout process. I mean, that's the whole point anyway. Um, and make sure your user's experience is going to be seamless, quick, and productive. And what I mean by that, they will get to whatever they're looking for as quickly as possible, as precisely as possible. Forget mm -hmm. about all the uh, fluff that you can put on there and all the distractions, I like to call them. Um, and I actually will kind of paint, if I may, of course, uh, since I'm the guest, paint this episode with a hint of simplicity as well. Because if I were to give anybody any sort of important tip is to simplify things. Um, one of my former mentors, actually, who, by the way, was not in marketing at all, was actually more on the athletic side, uh, somebody whom I respect and look up to, had this saying, complexity appeals to the simple-minded, and it is one of my favorite lines ever. It applies to huh. every single thing you can possibly think of. Simplify, do not complicate. There's a difference between complicated and, and making things complex. For the sake of complicating things, maybe the, the new shiny object syndrome or the new tool out there, keep it simple and you will get to your destination faster your user experience will be much better. You will get the desired outcome or even better. And it's a win-win situation. Those are all great points that you've made. And I can especially relate to this idea that you have to go through your website for sure with a fine tooth comb to make sure everything is in line and everything is working. Because I think companies and brands, especially if you are a startup or a small company and you're, you're taking these big steps, right, to become... Um, more involved in the e-commerce space, you get excited, right? You get excited, your website's almost ready. Um, and you definitely don't want to do anything, obviously, in haste, because once a consumer has a poor experience, whether that's broken links or, like you said, photos that don't load properly, or maybe the website, um, maybe the platform that you're using, like you said, has technical issues, right? Um once you have a bad experience, I think you're not very highly likely to return to that e-commerce site, right? So you obviously want to put your best foot forward from the get-go. And uh, I like the idea of asking people in your circle, especially people outside of the business, for their input as well. That's important because, as you said, we treat these things like our baby. It's We, we see it through a certain perspective, and it's important to... Uh, to have the consumer, the prospect's eyes on it and get their input as well. Absolutely. And if I may expand on that a little bit, Marissa, as far as to give specific actionable items or examples to the listeners. That'd um, be great. Yeah. <laughs> the first element, which is granted and most people probably guessed it, is the UI UX element of website development. So how does your website look? And again, Take a step back and ask for your help if needed and try to be as objective and as critical as possible. Think about your theme, the aesthetics. Does your website's theme fit the narrative or the context? For example, if I have a website that sells items or products that are nature-based, 
probably you may want some green or generally vibrant colors in there. And these things are super important, by the way, and they tend to subconsciously increase conversion rate. We do have studies about that. Um, it's just something we don't notice and it happens to all of us. So the UI UX version. Um, do you have a lot of different tabs or links on the homepage that may be distracting the user from where you want to steer them into? Just give them what they're looking for in the most aesthetically pleasing way possible, in the most efficient way possible. You're not only saving yourself yourself a lot of time, but you're also saving your user a lot of time, and you shorten that you know uh, user journey to the checkout process. So UI UX. Two would be, as I touched on a couple minutes ago, the technical issues. So pay attention to things like um, super huge, my favorite, of course, hero images that are five megabytes in size. Those will slow down your website significantly. Mm -hmm. They may be aesthetically pleasing, but they're counterproductive. Um, videos, a lot of visuals, at least if you want to put something up there, I recommend it for sure, but keep it simple and make sure you compress those uh, visuals for the best size and performance possible. Um, any underlying technical issues, so any broken links, broken pages, broken functions. Um, and the third thing would be, as I mentioned once again, and it's super critical, that's why I'm repeating it, is to QA the checkout process. This tends to be the most common issue that I see. Um, and has to do, as you alluded to a couple minutes ago, is, you know, not kind of rushing the process or being in a haste as far as publishing the website, which is super exciting. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Um, I'm all for deploying, you know, new websites and uh, thorough business ideas, but let's do it the right way. By the way, I'm not going to lie. I had to look up UI UX. And so it's user interface, user design. Is that what that stands for? Is that what uh, I'm that's, sorry. UI UX is that user interface, user design? Is that what that stand or what does that stand for? UI UX. So UI UX, yes, is user interface. So okay. think of the overall aesthetics of the website okay. as far as design is concerned, uh, branding, or maybe actually I should have mentioned this as well. Let's say you have an offline business that does have an existing brand and you know a specific uh, color scheme, right? Uh, let's say for the sake of example, it is white and orange, just the first two colors that popped in my head. Make sure you migrate that same idea, same voice, same image online. Do not try to reinvent the wheel. People already will have that association in the back of their mind, and it's a matter of time before they realize that it is you, obviously in addition to your logo, your brand name, and all of that. Got it. That was your digital marketing uh you know, speak coming in the terms, the abbreviations that I'm not familiar with. So, okay, great. I just want to make sure everybody who's watching was following along. So great. That all makes sense. Great examples. Let's talk a little bit about the search engine optimization and how that feeds into the PPC pay-per-click world and then vice versa. I know you said search engine optimization is incredibly important. Uh, what can you share in regards to that topic and pay-per-clicks? Um, I would say, and again, to kind of contextualize the whole process from A to Z is to approach it as your potential lead or potential customer. The answer is there in between the lines. You just have to, you know, literally step back and, and take a look at it. Um, as far as the website element, for instance, keep it simple. Let's say in the, in the context of Shopify, of course, and I apologize beforehand if I'm unintentionally biased. Shopify is an absolutely phenomenal platform. You know, it's it, it's just, in my opinion, the best e-commerce solution out there. Um, so you have already everything. Just make sure you pay attention to these details. As far to kind of bridge that into the paid media design, as far as the campaigns themselves, you need to take a look at it from a funnel standpoint, so your standard funnel, but kind of bring that once again, the user experience element into it. Um, so many people, for example, vast majority of marketers will approach PPC with the idea of you need to deploy a standard funnel of, you know, the three layers, awareness, uh, top of the funnel, the mid funnel, some sort of engagement and bottom of the funnel, uh, which is ultimately conversion or lead capturing um, as far as the information are concerned. But what if in your specific situation, you can actually skip one of those stages? And yes, that is a thing. It'll make the process much more efficient, much more productive, 
you will spend less money and probably get most uh, more bang for your buck out of however much uh, your budget is. So just keep that in mind. There is no one way to approach things. It's all about the context and the specifics of the user experience. I couldn't emphasize that enough. When you mentioned skipping a step, can you take me back for just a second? So um, what exact, like what step exactly did you mean? Like in the funnel, um, where would you, so obviously you have a paid ad, let's say out on Google, right? And people click it and then they have different options. Maybe it's to sign up for a newsletter. They're putting their email address in, or maybe it's taking them right to a product page. Um, maybe it's taking them to a page to register, to win something or to get a discount code. Obviously they've taken the first step to get into your funnel. Um, where can you kind of skip a step in the process of getting a prospect into your funnel through potentially the paid ad, um, and then working them down into obviously eventually, hopefully purchasing what kind of step can be skipped? in that process? Um, there are two vital elements that, in my humble opinion, can simplify the process altogether. And mm -hmm. those are number one, keyword research. Um, and you don't need a ton of keywords, by the way, that is a common misconception. And the second, you can even use both in conjunction with each other. It doesn't have to be you know, a mutually exclusive situation of either or. The okay. second one would be competition analysis. Um, I'll give you a, an actionable example that I did not super long ago. Um, I went on Google, so that was my platform of choice, and it was a super new campaign. I did not know much about the company. They're super new to the paid media scene, so they're bound to be a lot of testing, and that is totally expected and totally normal. Without you know that testing phase, you're not going to be able to hone down on your target audience uh, ultimately and get kind of the kind of results you're looking for. So don't don't think of it as wasted money. It's actually an investment that will pay off. So what I did was, and it was in the chemical uh, sphere. So chemistry, I honestly don't know much about chemistry. So there was that novelty element uh, of, of, you know, market research. And I thought, well, what are my audience uh, or a target audience is what what is what are they these guys looking for? What kind of ingredients are they looking for? And that's where I started. I just plugged in some keywords that I knew from uh, high school and college uh, days, uh, some ingredients, and fired them up in SEM Rush, and just got some topic ideas and expanded on the process. It gives you a lot of different ideas in relevant terms. Then I compiled a list of relevant items. And this is a super critical tip with the right intent. So you have informational and transactional, for example. I am primarily looking at the transactional key phrases and keywords because I want to ultimately lead my audience to a purchase, not necessarily informational. While uh, I like that. So informational words, keywords versus transactional, leading them to do something versus just educating them. Correct. And there, there could be an argument to you may want to include some informational key phrases and keywords in there, because if someone ends up on, let's say, a, a piece of content on your website, and then with the right optimizations and right call to actions, you can lead them into the funnel, into the mm -hmm. checkout process. So there is merit to that. Absolutely. Uh, but I wanted the, the, the context of the campaign I'm, re I'm referencing here was we wanted to get results a little bit faster than usual. Um, so I focus primarily on the transactional key phrases and keywords. Keywords, again, from a user experience perspective, think about it. If you were that, your ideal customer, what would you be looking up in Google or whatever search engine? Would it be more on the transactional side? I bet uh, buy X, Y, and Z or mm. bulk X, Y, and Z, as opposed to something more on the informational side Info I, about XYZ or facts about FYZ, FYZ, XYZ. Okay, cool. 
By the way, I feel like there's some breaking bad stuff happening here. You're talking about like secret chemicals on the internet <laughs> and transactions. I'm like, ooh, we cooking up some crazy stuff over here. Okay. No, this is neat. This makes total sense. Okay. So again, you're putting yourself in the buyer's perspective. If they're looking to buy, they're probably not asking for information necessarily. They're looking mm -hmm. to make a transaction. Oh, that's so smart. Absolutely. Um, and also, okay. I did get stuck at some point because once again i am not super familiar with the niche it is very technical it's more like i said on chemistry side of things so i needed somebody to kind of steer me in the right direction and get some hints and this is where the second factor that i mentioned competition analysis comes in all i simply did was grab you know do a, literally a google search with uh, some keywords or key phrases that i think uh, my potential audience may be looking for. And you don't have to get this right from the get-go, by the way, just some sort of relevant idea. And then I took a look at the results, grabbed some of my competitors', competitors URLs, websites, uh, on that particular topic, and once again, plugged them into my keyword research tool, did a competition analysis audit very quickly, took about 10 minutes or so, so it's not a tedious task at all. And then I got a bunch of ideas on keywords and key phrases, these competitors are focusing on on that particular page. So it was literally a job of copy and paste into Google to get an idea of my target audience reach and all the important KPIs that I, again, from a forecasting standpoint, may be getting. So that shaped the overall campaign and helped me put together that first stage or first step of the funnel, which is awareness. We're going to clean up that later into the mm -hmm. process, but let's start somewhere. That makes total sense. And I could see now how if you efficiently are using this keyword and competitor analysis um, kind of starting place as like a springboard, especially now with the idea of this informational versus transactional um, specific goal, you very easily are going to get an idea of who your target demographic is, how much they're spending, um, what they're buying, how they're buying it, how much they're buying. You're going to get all of that very quickly. And I see now how that can save a lot of time and save a lot of money and also potentially save your company some money and time and effort in the A-B testing phase yourself, right? Because you can almost learn based on what has worked for your competitors what might work for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And there is always also, um, I think it's important to know uh, something as important as the A-B split test setup. Um, and that's more critical in the earlier stages as opposed to the final stages, which is when you hone down a little bit more on your ideal audience and you start putting these retargeting campaigns in place this is not to say they're not important or you cannot use them. Again, there's no one way to do things, but just kind of trying to simplify the approach uh, because it's really not as complicated as many people think. Well done. Well done. Well, let's move on to talk about, and, and you shared this in your you know bullet point, uh, speaking point with me, how to retarget customers the right way. What did you mean by retarget? Um, did you mean if you're already doing things and, and it's not working, you've got some ad campaigns out there, maybe you're A-B testing some things. What did you mean by retarget a customer the, the right way? Absolutely. So retargeting, I look at it uh, both on the PPC side, so the campaign slash platform used side, as well mm -hmm. as your website, which I will get to in a second because... Many websites, I would even argue, vast majority of websites are not using very simple tips uh, or low-hanging fruits, like we call them, that could be increasing their overall revenue and profit. Um, so I will start out with the paid media side. And the, what I mean exactly by retargeting the correct way is once, to piggyback off the campaign design I just you know, walk you through, once I have an idea of my target audience, then maybe we can push whoever is left, whoever engages with our ads into the next stage of the funnel. So think if we deploy a campaign and 10,000 people end up on our particular targeted landing page and they took some sort of action, it could be uh, clicked a button or browsed around for a little bit, 
you can take a look at Google Analytics and see how much time they spend on the website. So it may not necessarily be an action in the traditional definition. It could simply be just browsing around and spending upwards of a couple of minutes or more onto your website. That in itself is a definition or an example of taking action. I'm choosing to browse around and take a look. So I'm engaged and there's some sort of interest in whatever I have to offer. So all these people, the 10,000 people that engage with my website or the landing page, we can push them into a second campaign. Kind of now we're looking at more uh, middle of the funnel. The way I like to do these personally is just a simple retargeting campaign. Upload, uh, you can either, there are multiple ways to do it, but for the sake of simplicity, you can just retarget that audience from Google's platform itself and do an audience expansion feature. Enable that, it is incredibly powerful. Um, for the people who are using Facebook or Meta, the, uh, uh, the equivalent to that is called lookalike audiences. Mm -hmm. And it, it's exactly as it sounds. You have uh, a sample size of 10,000 people and you're asking Google or Meta to go out there and pull all the people that they think they, per the algorithm and, and data points they have to find people who are similar to those people in your sample size. And as you can imagine, those tend to be incredibly more targeted than your initial uh, first stage target audience because they share similarities with your sample size. Uh, so just you know set up a retargeting campaign i usually start with both both search as well as display campaigns and adjust accordingly over time based on how much uh you know how many clicks i'm getting impressions ctr percentage basically looking at the metrics the standard ones and gauging which kind of campaign is giving me more results it's as simple as that no need to complicate it now on the website side uh, to tie it into the PPC side, there are a lot of additions and plugins and extensions for Shopify uh, to retarget your audience. Let's say uh, some of the people that landed on your landing page or product page have, you know, uh, uh, gone into your funnel or purchase journey, but for some reason they added the product to their cart and then they dropped off for whatever reason, it may not be your fault. Most cases, it's not your fault. That's totally fine, just human psychology. What you can do is do retargeting via SMS or retargeting uh -huh. via email, or even better, you can add also retargeting via uh, the ads platform that you're utilizing, which I can happily expand on once again, but hey, it's something as simple as the user receiving a text message um, and then a friendly message, and I'm just paraphrasing now. <laughs> I'm very familiar with these messages. Go ahead. What, go ahead. <laughs> um, hey, we've noticed you added X, Y, and Z product into your shopping cart, but you forgot to check out. And don't, please don't be aggressive with it. People absolutely hate it when you text them too many times. Uh, we all do, even I do. Um, so keep it, you know, on the shorter, more simple side, less frequent. And people, trust me, will convert. You can do the same with email. Hey. We've noticed you added this product to your cart and you may have forgotten whatever the language you're going to use. And that will entice many people out of that sample size to return and finish that conversion. I like that you mentioned the SMS email marketing um, part of this, because as I mentioned at the start of the show, Engage is launching their SMS marketing for Shopify app, which is so incredibly easy to use and integrate. And you don't need a technical staff. And we, I mentioned this, and it's an, a great, incredible stat, but 98% of SMS messages get opened versus 20% of email. Um, so SMS marketing is a great way to retarget your audience and retarget your customer. Okay, I understand what you meant by retargeting your customer. That makes a lot of sense. And I have been retargeted now that I think about it a whole lot lately. I put things in my cart, and then ADD girl, you know, chimes into action, and I get distracted, and then... I get that message. Hey, girl, I see you left this in your car. You know you want it. Here's an extra 10% off, you know. Um, what's funny is I'm not going to lie, and I know a lot of consumer people out there maybe have done this. Sometimes I go and put something in my cart or visit a site just because I know they're going to retarget me, Nor. I know they're going to kick me an email that says, hey, here's 10% off next time you, you know, visit our site, you know, because they see I didn't shop. 
So they want to like entice me to come back. So I actually purposefully do that sometimes. So companies will retarget me with a better offer. I play the game, right? Uh, we don't have a ton of time. So I want to slowly wrap up our conversation and talk a little bit about some trends that we're seeing into the future with PPC. But before we do that, one quick mention. Recently, our news of the week, um, it kind of talks about something you mentioned, which is the different types of Facebook ads that you can run and do. And recently they made a change where they've streamlined the different ad objectives you can choose from. It used to be like 11 different ad objectives on Facebook, and now it's six. And they've actually basically changed the um, ad type to describe the outcome a company is trying to achieve. So they've they've now labeled their ad campaigns to be awareness-driven, traffic-driven, engagement-driven, lead-driven, app promotion-driven, or sales-driven. So I think that's interesting. Do you have any um, thoughts on that change that Facebook recently did? They're trying to certainly streamline their Facebook ads, uh, you know, platform to make it easier for companies to pick the ad campaign that matches their desired outcome. Have you seen this new change or had any experience with it at all? Yes, I have definitely seen that, um, especially, I would say, over the past couple years. Uh, I would say, you know, over the past three years or so, it's been on the rise. Uh, so I've definitely seen the same thing. And uh, kind of to, to use the topic of Facebook as well, uh, and I want to use this uh, very quickly to kind of alleviate some people's headache, is, you know, when the iOS update came out, for example, with the privacy settings and all that, and many people were freaking out, I looked at it more objectively. It's merely just a hurdle in the way, you know? These things are about to happen. Uh, technology, just like one of my good friends says, uh, technology is great as long as it works. But this is not to say it's not going to have its challenges. Um, I'm pretty sure many people who were very afraid of that update have um, kind of been alleviated or relieved now, many months after the incident or the update has been launched. Um, and this, these things are bound to happen, you know, with the future of PPC, there will be new things, new platforms, new technologies, new settings. There will be some turbulence, but the basics are the basics. Hence why I keep saying, simplify the process. No need to complicate it. Just think of it from a, a simple funnel perspective. Add, remove stages as you see fit. And choose the platform. Here's another simple one. Choose the platform that you feel like will suit your needs best. Um, obviously, within the context of this conversation, we're talking about Shopify, conversion, more e-commerce side, so mainly DTC. Um, so most likely, you'll find a lot of value in Google, uh, Facebook network, uh, maybe Pinterest, not as much in LinkedIn because that's more focused for B2B. I'm not saying you can't have results with that, but it's just the general consensus or the majority of your results will naturally come from those other platforms. I agree. And I was recently reading an article. It's basically Google, Facebook, TikTok, and then LinkedIn is more, like you said, B2B. Those are really going to be the heavy hitters they have uh, pretty much predicted in the coming year. Marcelo is joining us from Brazil. He says hello, and he has a question for us. Um, and this is a great way to kind of wrap up our show. Marcelo, thank you so much for joining us today. And welcome to everybody joining Digital Marketing Intelligence for Shopify. If you're just joining us, our guest today is Noor Sebor, uh, and he's joining us from New Jersey. He's got over 17 years in digital marketing experience, and he's worked with some heavy hitters uh, like Walmart, Meta, Shopify, JP Morgan Chase, and he's here sharing with us really how to optimize your pay-per-click campaigns as it relates to Shopify and your e-commerce business. So welcome to today's show, everybody. And our comment and question from Marcelo. I'll pop it up on the screen as I read it for you. He says, the world of digital advertising is dominated by a few players, Facebook, Google, etc. We were just saying that, Marcelo. Do you uh, energize? energize other opportunities to engage consumers. Oh, exercise, I think he means. Um, other opportunities to engage consumers outside of these big players. That's a great question because obviously, Noor, 17 plus years um, experience, you probably have seen what has worked for some of your clients and what hasn't. 
Do you stick with the, the popular guys in school or do you sometimes branch out and use some other platforms and methods? Absolutely fantastic question, I must say. So thank you for that, Marcel. Um, the answer is absolutely. And I think there is a lot of value or actually let me rephrase that. I think anybody who does not explore other opportunities in addition to those big players may be missing out on a lot of opportunities and leaving out uh, and leaving a lot of money on the table for the sake of example again this is context dependent niche dependent on a lot of different factors you can go direct with your advertising efforts with other relevant websites it doesn't have to be through uh, some sort of middleman or mediator like facebook or google so maybe you can look for um, and I, I actually, I should mention that I have seen or noticed a rise in the number of new platforms uh, uh, within the context I'm going to describe. There are many advertising platforms nowadays that are specific to certain niches. So if you're in the local business niche, for example, you will find an advertising platform for that. And I also noticed, which is great news, that they have been gaining more market share over the past three years. And do not underestimate how many users they have in their network. Um, so let's say if you're in the fashion niche and there's a, an advertising platform out there who is not that is not as popular as Google or Facebook, explore it, you know, test it out. Maybe, and I would argue that you would be surprised, you would be getting significantly more ROI relative to these big players because their their user pool is much more targeted and smaller, so they're more engaged. And to kind of reverse engineer for a second, think about how these advertising platforms, in our case, the, the fashion one, collected those users' information, probably through very targeted and viable ways. All you have to do, you step in, you just piggyback off their hard work, and you make it work for you. It's as simple as that. Great insights and feedback. Marcella, wonderful question. Thank you for joining today's talk. And thank you for joining our bi-weekly series, Digital Marketing Intelligence. This has been so much fun, Nora. You've shared so much in such a small amount of time. You're obviously very skilled and experienced in what you do and, and what you help companies to achieve. Are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience as we wrap up today's talk? Yeah, um, more recently, I have actually worked on the uh, financial side of things. Uh, so think banking, uh, credit bureaus, uh, a lot more technical, though, more focused on paid media as well as SEO. So I wouldn't say nothing super exciting and also uh, super relevant quickly, Marissa, to the previous question. With the future of PPC, and this is something that I believe will probably happen with uh, quite a bit of certainty, over the next two to three years, we will see a lot of reliance or movement towards uh, AI-based I knew you were going to say that. Yes. Yes. AI and automation for sure. It'll. I, I believe it'll dominate the market to the point where the paid media specialists' jobs will be pretty much to monitor AI and feed it. That is it. That's how sophisticated and automated it'll be within the next couple of years. Not 10 years. I believe it'll happen within two to three years. Um, it's, it's just a matter of time. That makes total sense. I had a feeling you were going to say that right before the words came out of your mouth. AI and automation. Um, and video. Video plays a really important part now. And I think it's going to continue to play a huge role in PPC. I mean, when we look at how much video is played on Facebook and on the internet and on YouTube, uh, I'm excited because I'm a very visual person. And from a consumer perspective, I love videos. I love that they're interactive. I love that they're informative. I love that they're entertaining. And I, I definitely know that video is also going to be a continued upward momentum trend right into, into the future. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with you. Well, before I let you go, I want to share our Engage News of the Week. And knowing that you're a big uh, advocator for Shopify, I think you'll have something to uh, share after I share our Engage News of the Week. So thank you so much for all your insights. Before we go, I'll share how our audience can connect with you. But right now, it is time for our Engage News of the Week. So this week, we're actually sharing more of a tip 
for those of you in the e-commerce business or looking to be in the e-commerce business, because recently Shopify actually did a lovely comparison of some of its competitors and, and what they offer and what their benefits are compared to the offerings really of the Shopify platform. And what Shopify did was really outline some of the real benefits of using their platform. And what we did is we compiled those into a lovely little chart for you. And I'm gonna show you that now and kind of walk you through it for those of you listening on the podcast replay, I'll read through this, but it's very easy to understand. So on the, on the left side of this little chart, we've got Shopify in the green. And on the right side, we've got a competitor. So Shopify says, hey, use our platform, get paid in one to three business days. Some of the competitors out there are actually making you wait up to 45 days for your payouts. That can be tough because obviously you need to sometimes turn around and reinvest your money back into your business, right? So if you're constantly waiting, um, you know, more than a month, up to two months sometimes for your payments, that can be frustrating. Uh, Shopify says, hey, no listing fees if you come use our platforms. Uh, our platform. Other competitors make you pay a 20, 20 cent listing fee per listing. Think about that if you have like 500 SKUs, right? Per listing, you're going to have to pay on every single listing. Shopify says, hey, easily sell on Facebook, Instagram, Google. We integrate with all these great platforms. Some of the competitors make you pay a 5% fee per transaction if it is done off of their site. And then lastly, Shopify says you can grow your own audience and grow your own brand when, we, when you use the Shopify platform. Some of the competitors, well, you're forced to basically be dependent on the traffic that goes to their platform and their platform only. What do you think about this, uh, Noor? Definitely some benefits to, sh to using Shopify. And I know you're a big advocate and a proponent for Shopify. So anything you'd like to add about your experience with Shopify? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Shopify, in my opinion, especially seeing how how far the company has come over the past seven years, I think their solution is not only robust, uh, it is reliable. And think of it as having a some of the top talent as far as developers, uh, you know, operation managers, marketing teams, and everybody working to help you succeed that's the way i like to look at it look at the fundamental analysis of anything not just you know choosing your uh, e-commerce solution uh, before you commit to it so in the grand scheme of things i like to look at these things as kind of the price for quality per se um and it it, it, it it's kind of what you make it out to be that's what's going to come out to makes sense and obviously if you're investing in being in the e-commerce world for a very long time, it makes sense to invest in the beginning, right? Pay for the experience, pay for the exposure, pay for all the benefits, pay for all the help and the team that you get behind you at Shopify. Pay for pay for a little bit upfront, right? To know that in the long term, you're going to be able to reap so many benefits and you'll really have um, a lot of support behind you as well. Absolutely. Well, Noor, I want to share how our audience can connect with you after today's show. If they're interested in learning more about what you shared today or connecting with you for a networking opportunity, do I have your permission to share your LinkedIn link with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. I would be honored and feel free to reach me on LinkedIn. I would be more than happy to help out. Perfect. I'll put the link up. If you want to use the link, you can screenshot that on your phone. If you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, you can go ahead and search for Noor. His name is very easy to find. Spelling is N-O-U-R, Noor. Last name, and I hope I've been saying it right, Sabor. Is that right? Or is yes. it Saber? Okay, Sabor. Noor, Noor Saber. Okay, Noor Saber. Oh, shoot. I kind of was saying it wrong. I'm sorry. Like Saber Tooth Tiger. <laughs> totally All right, fine. so- Nor, N-O-U-R, last name, Saber, S-A-B-E-R, not Sabor. I gave you a little bit of a French zhuzh on your last name. <laughs> you guys, Nor Sabor, you can find him on LinkedIn. Please connect with him. Let him know you saw him as the guest expert on digital marketing intelligence for Shopify, sponsored by Engage. Of course, leave him a note. Let him know you saw him here and uh, when you send that re request for a connection. Nor, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. You shared so many wonderful insights. I'm so excited for you and all the opportunities you have now and going into to the future, your top secret opportunity right now that you can't share with us with the federal government. So James Bond of you, 
Uh, we look forward to hearing more about what you do in the future. And thank you again for sharing your insights with us. Well, thank you for having me, Marissa, and uh, glad to be here. I'm honored. My pleasure. Have a wonderful rest of your week. You as well. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. What a wonderful guest. Noor had so much to share with us during this episode of Digital Marketing Intelligence for Shopify. I'm telling you, this year, Engage is knocking it out of the park with so many incredible guests that are not only offering you their insights and years of experience in digital marketing, but they're teaching you how to take advantage of the platforms that are out there to help you grow your e-commerce business like Shopify. And they're giving you great tips. I mean, I think my biggest takeaway is this idea that you've got informational keywords and you've got transactional keywords and you need to think about what the customer wants. They want the transaction, right? So when you're looking at what your competitor is doing, you're looking at keyword, consider informational keywords for transactional keywords. I thought that was just a huge takeaway. It kind of made my mind go, right? But it's simple. And Noor's main message was keep it simple. Remember that the customer is obviously looking for something specific. Use what your competitors are doing. Consider the keywords and make sure that your website is optimized to perform in a way that your customer or your prospect can easily use and easily navigate because ultimately a positive experience will go so much further than a negative experience. We all know this to be true. Okay, guys, if you're just joining us and you missed today's show and all of Noor's great information, of course, I'm going to share with you that you can find Noor's show starting next week, the last week of February. His show will be added to our live show library. That library of shows is very easy to access. You're just going to go ahead and look at www.engage.com forward slash live dash show dash library. We also have a podcast library as well. If you're someone who likes to listen to a podcast, you're probably listening to a podcast right now. If you're listening to the show, uh, you can find our podcast library under the same link. It's podcasts, podcast dash library. Uh, all right. And let's see, I've got a quick comment. I want to get to that. Uh, of course, Marcelo, thank you so much for joining us today. And I want to thank you all so much for joining us as well. My name is Marissa Morgan. I'm your show host. I'm also the business development manager at Engage. So don't forget starting March 1st, the Engage SMS marketing app for Shopify drops. You can get 30-day free trial with 500 messages to start using right away to give it a test drive. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for watching and be sure to join me next Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Our guest will be Bonnie D'Amico. She's the former head of affiliate marketing for Shopify, and she highlights strategies to put your store sales over the top for 2022. She's going to talk about boosting your store ROI faster with highly effective affiliate partnership and influencer marketing tactics. If your colleague or if you or a colleague, excuse me, has experience in the e-commerce world and specifically with experience with Shopify, we'd love to hear from you. You might make a great guest for our show. Don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me share my LinkedIn for you. And also you have the opportunity to email me if you know somebody who'd like to be a guest on our show. We're always open to referrals and suggestions for our guests. My email is marissa, M-A-R-I-S-S-A dot M at ngage.com. And I am the Marissa Morgan on LinkedIn. So please connect with me. And of course, show some love for Engage. Look for our company page with the circular rainbow colored cog wheel and connect with us there to find out more about future shows and also watch past episodes. On behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, of course, thank you so much for joining me for today's show. I look forward to seeing you next time on Digital Marketing Intelligence for Shopify Ask the Experts. Have a great day.